What's going on, world family? It's your boy, Donald Jones, and welcome to another episode of Journey of the Mindset. It's just me today, ladies and gentlemen. There's no guest here. It's just me. But I'm ready to feed. I'm ready to feed today. I'm ready to put some information out there today. Um, some people, uh, it's going to touch your heart. It's going to touch your spirit. Uh, and some people are just going to be like, you know what? Not for me. So before I begin, I just want to take the time real fast to um, acknowledge a few things. And the first thing I want to acknowledge is that um, I started um, 143 Speaks uh, back in 2016, um, April 2016. And I've noticed that the same people that's been following me since I was doing the blog 143 Speaks is still following me now. And I just want to let you know, I do see the DMs that you guys send. Um, some of you guys I have responded back to, and I've also seen the email that a few of you um, sent me. So I just want to take the time right now to just thank all of you because you guys are my day ones, man. Like, like y'all have seen me transform into different things and, and have these ideas. Even some of you I know on a personal level, but yet you still continue to rock with me since day one. So I just want to give a shout out to all of you that's been rocking with me from day one, that sent me some DMs, that's been commenting, that's been sending me emails since Journey of the Mindset. And mind you, that's, it, it's only been out for a little while. You know what I'm saying? We only dropped two two episodes. So I just want to say that I appreciate you, you all for the support and the love. Um, let's let that support and that love grow. Um, rate the shows, rate the podcast, share the podcast. Don't just keep all of this information to yourself. Take the time to really tell a friend about the podcast. Check it out. It's all on. It's it's everywhere now. So you can get on Apple um, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and you can get on in. You can just put in the search box, Journey of the Mindset, and I should pop up, um, and we're going to rock out from there. So um, with that said, um, today I want to talk to you guys a little bit um, about personal development and you holding yourself back. A lot of times we tend to blame everybody else or blame the people that we need support from in life on the reason why we're not where we want to be. And to be honest with you, it always starts with you. I don't care who you have around you that's holding you back from doing things that you're supposed to be doing, but it always starts with you because you always have a choice. So some of you did comment on the sweater and the hoodie that I normally wear in the hoodie that I wear. It says everything is my fault. First and foremost, the hoodie comes from um, the show that I watch on YouTube called Impact Theory. It's a very, very, very good show to watch. It's also on Apple Podcasts too. It's called Impact Theory. The information and the way that the questions are being asked in the way the information is, is, is being sought out is so powerful. So if you're looking for something other than journey of the mindset to latch onto, I advise you to go to YouTube, put in the search bar impact theory, and there's some amazing interviews. I hope one day I can get on that level. I hope one day I can get on that. Matter of fact, let's stop with hope. I know one day, see words of affirmation. I know one day that I will be on that level where I'm able to really interview some celebrities and see what their mindset was like before they got to where they are. But I am happy at the level that I am. I am satisfied with the level that I am right now. I am interviewing people that are not celebrities. Um, there's one person, one one young lady that I'm actually going to do a podcast with. Um, she's actually in the celebrity world. She played on a few movies. But um, for, more, for the most part, the people that I am interviewing are people that are just regular people that are living um, an everyday life. Um, that's either an entrepreneur trying to pursue a dream or been somewhere through a struggle that shaped them into what they are today. So 
I want to talk to you guys today about you holding yourself back and placing the blame on everybody else. And a lot of times we do that. We'll be with a partner that just doesn't have the same grit that we have. You know, the grind, us moving and doing and doing and creating. We'll be with a partner like that. And we blame them for holding us back from what it is that we're doing or what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Another example is you having friends around you that you always hang out with and you get frustrated with because they're doing X, Y, and Z and you're trying to do this. And you blame them for holding you back. Some of us blame our parents because our parents didn't lay this amazing foundation down for us. This is the reason why my life is this way. Blame only gets you to one place. Buffering. You staying in the same spot that you started in. So I want to take the time right now to address that because I relate to blaming people because I've blamed people for a very long time on the reason why I am where I am in my life or the things that I went through in my life. It wasn't until... I started to, one, accept the things that I have in my life, two, learn how to work with the things that I have in my life, and three, learn from the things that I have in my life that changed my mindset into what it is now. So let me just back up a little bit so that way you guys can hear how I used to be compared to the way I am now, and then I want to give you guys a little bit of information that you can apply to your life to get you to where it is that you're trying to get to. I used to be a person that didn't have confidence. Um, I would hide a lot from the world. And when I say hide a lot from the world, I would joke around, smile, have a good time with people. Everybody always thought I was just bubbly guy that just had fun. But internally, I was being, I was just eating up. And the way I would look at things is I would look at things like I would be nice to people. I would do things for people. I would have fun with people. I would make people laugh. But when I need people, I have my down days, my dark days. There was nobody there for me. And that's the way I used to look at it. So I used to go around blaming people and secretly hating people. Like, I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, people that I used to sit in their face and smile in their face and joke around with them, I secretly disliked them. But I dealt with them because it was just the personality that I needed to perceive for everybody. But there was nobody else but to blame but me. Nobody was making me be this person. I just wanted to be a likable guy. But I was beating myself up a lot, a whole lot, during that process of trying to please everybody and making everybody happy. I was a really sad guy. I lived by myself. I used to come home to myself, cook these meals that just was the worst. Um, well, not the worst, because everybody knows I'm a big hamburger helper fan. I love hamburger helper to death. That's what I grew up on. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say it right now. Don't talk about my cheeseburger macaroni, because that's what I like, my hamburger helper. But I'm this single bachelor that would come home from work and I would just make like hamburger helper, burgers, Franks, like you know, and when I look back at it now. It was a sad situation to come out from the world, from being at work and being surrounded by a lot of people that actually like you for who you are portraying to be. And then when you get into the house and you isolate yourself, you have to deal with the real you. So let me just say that again for you guys. It's very difficult to be out there in the real world interacting with people with this facade of who you're really not. And then when you get home and you isolate yourself and you're by yourself, you have to deal with you. And those are when I had my most down moments is when I had to deal with me. Because I would sit down and I would start thinking a lot about the things that I'm not doing that I want to do. And the places that I wanted to be in life that I'm not at. And 
it really played a toll on my mindset because when you're thinking bad about yourself or when you're beating yourself up, you believe it. Like it's different from somebody telling you, hey, you're not good at this or you're not going to make it. That is different. But when you start telling yourself that narrative, that's when it becomes a problem. And I used to do that a lot. I used to literally come home from work, open up a box of wine, literally a box. Now, listen to what I'm saying. A box of wine, not a bottle, a box of wine. And I used to sip on that box of wine. Let's say I got home at 8 o'clock. That box of wine would be gone by 1 a.m. And I'm passed out by 1.30. And that was my life for a very long time that nobody knew. Even people that I was dating that came to my house. I, w- I was very good at hiding in debt. Hiding it too. Go for myself. And I got walked over a lot. And with those feelings came anger. Because in certain situations, I knew what a person was doing. I knew that they knew I was a nice guy. I knew that they knew that they was gonna take that they were taking advantage of me. But I just couldn't find it within myself to speak up and say something. But when I got home by myself, oh yeah, I would start rapping, and I'm rapping about the situation and what I would do. I'll start talking to myself about you know I'm, I'm over here sitting now having these secret arguments with myself with the person there imaginary imagining that they're there and what I would say to them. This is what I used to do by myself. And I know right now some of you guys are probably like, oh my god, he's crazy. He went to the house and, and it was just talking to himself and arguing with himself. I guarantee you right now, if you've been following me for this long, you do it too. We all do it. We all have frustrations. Come on now. Well, our bosses get on our nerve. Sometimes we can't speak up to them. We can't say the things that we really want to say. So when we get home and we in the shower, oh yeah, you have that conversation with your boss in the shower, <laughs> in the shower, and you're cursing them out of saying all of the things that you really want to say to them. Um, but that was my life, man, behind closed doors. I was really this person that um that just felt alone and cold. And it got to the point where I felt like it didn't make no sense for me to talk to anybody because nobody was gonna understand me. Nobody was gonna understand what I was going through. Oh, the first thing that they're gonna do is they're gonna try to diagnose me with something. I remember this one time. I had it was during my when I graduated with my um my bachelor's in criminal justice. And this day like just really broke my heart. Um, because I had it planned out. I was graduating from college. I never thought in a million years that I would graduate um from college. And if you don't know the reason why you don't know the story, I advise you to stop this podcast now, go to episode one, welcome the journey to mindset, and then come back to this episode. But um, it was graduation day and I pulled my cap and gown out of the closet. It's been sitting there for a month. I had it for a month and I was just, just waiting for this day because it was a day that I felt like I was going to break history. I was the first person in my family to graduate from college and this was a big deal for me. But what was even more of a bigger deal for me was my son being there. And I wanted my son to see me walk down the aisle of the Jacob Javis Center and watch his dad graduate with his bachelor's. And then later on in life, if he asked me like, dad, hey, or he said to me, dad, I remember when you, I went to your graduation. I can explain it to him. Well, dad went through X, Y, and Z to get to where he is now and to be able to wear that cap and gown. So I get to the graduation. My family's there. My son is there. The person that I'm dating at the time is there. And the graduation was just beautiful. Like, just just 
beautiful. We walked in, and as we're walking in, our family is like on, on each side, and they're clapping for us as we walk down this long, long, long auditorium hallway. Um, then we get into the auditorium. You got families, friends, guest speaker, every it was just so beautiful. And I remember me sitting down um in the in the in the, in the chair, and tears started to come to my eyes because I'm like, yo, this is a dream. I like I'm graduating with my bachelor's. My son, my son is here watching this. I I cannot explain to you guys what I was feeling inside. It was just amazing. And during the ceremony, a tear drop. I can hold it no more. It just it just came down because I I just couldn't believe it. And when I walked across the stage to get my diploma, well, you know, it's not really a diploma. They got something rolled up in there and you got to get your diploma in the mail, which I didn't know at the time. <laughs> I walk on stage, shake everybody's hands, get my diploma, and I look over into the crowd at my mother. Her face was so proud. She was so proud of her son, so proud. And she, let me tell you something, my mother, yeah, my mother's been with me for day one, obviously. So she knows my story. So to see that look on her face like, wow, like I'm so proud of my son, that just meant the world to me. That meant the world to me. Then from her, I looked down at my son. And I realized that um, he didn't even know what was going on. He was just like, oh, I just had to come here. I don't know, you know, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm here. And it was okay because he seen me with the cap and gown on. He was young at the time, very, very young. Um, so he probably didn't understand what he was seeing. But I knew that the question later on down in life was going to come out of him, which it did. And we'll talk about that in another episode. But it came out. And I was proud. I was proud as a father, to see my son standing there where he's going to be in a few years, watching his dad accomplish something that his dad once thought was impossible. And I'm a firm believer, and I always say this, it's impossible until somebody does it. And I was the somebody that did it. After graduation, we all parted ways. My son came with me back to my house. I I took my... um, my cap and gown off, and I just hung it up in a closet. And I sat down on the couch, and that cold, dreary, alone feeling hit me. My son was in the room playing with his toys, watching TV, and I sat on the couch, and I'm just like, I just felt depressed. And I'm saying to myself, like, yo, this is the most important day of your life. You just graduated, like, college, dude. Like, you never thought that was going to happen. Like, why are you depressed? And it just, I just felt empty. Like the feeling literally just hit me out of nowhere. And every time I tried to make sense of the feeling, I couldn't make sense of it. And it hurt. It really hurt. I felt alone. I'm like, yo, I'm supposed to be celebrating right now. I'm supposed to be out partying, having a good time. Yet I'm sitting here in my house on the couch, sad. And then it said to me, see, this is the fake you again. You went out there. You smiled, you laughed, you had a good time, you enjoyed, but it wasn't the real you. So now you're back home, and now we're going to deal with you. And then all of these thoughts started to come into my head. You graduated from college. You ain't going to be able to get a good job no matter what, so I don't even know why you're trying. But hey, you got your bachelor's. These are, these are the thoughts. These are the, this is the way I used to talk to myself, and I used to believe it. I used to believe it. So I get up off the couch, I go into the um the room and I ask my son, hey, what do you want to do today? His 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 normal 
answer back then was movies. I want to go to the movies, Dada. All right, no problem. Put your, put your stuff on. Let's go to the movies. And we went to the movies, and after the movies, we went over to my mother's house to go hang out there. Um, it was, a, you know, cool. My mother expressed how proud she was of me, how happy she was. Um, you know, she she even narrated a little bit of my story and knowing that where I came from, um, you know, academically, it's just a big stretch. You know, I really came a long way, and she expressed that. And to see that look on her face and to hear those words coming out of her, out of her mouth really meant a lot to me. And then I went back home that night with my son. And me and my son are on the living room couch and we're watching TV. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the, the cartoon that we was watching probably was Aladdin. And my son is like sitting right next to me and I just start crying. Crying. Like, like. Not, not, not the tears falling down the eye. I'm talking about like, <laughs> like, like that type crying. And I'm trying to like hold myself together because my son is like leaning, you know, like he's, he's on me and I don't want him to see me crying and things of that nature. And we're trying to enjoy the movie. And right then and there is when I said to myself, something is wrong. Something is wrong. I need to get help. And I was always against counseling, going to get help, um, seeing a therapist, because I felt like if you went to go see a therapist, they're going to judge you and label you crazy. And I didn't want to be labeled crazy. Not to mention, I didn't believe in medication and I did not want to be put on medication. But I knew something had to be done. So I did some research and I found a therapist. And it did not work out with me and my therapist at all. I'm going to let you know that right now. It really didn't work out the first, the first therapist that I had, because I went through multiple. The first therapist that I had, it did not work out. And it didn't work out because, one, I, I didn't know that there was different types of therapy, more so. Different, let, me, let, me, let, me ref, let me reframe it. I didn't know that there were different types of therapy techniques. So the one that he was using, it wasn't working for me. Because one of the things that I was talking to him about, because he was trying to find out why is it that I have these moments, but only when I'm by myself, why am I having these moments? So one of the things I told him, well, I, I just feel like I can't even get in, be in a healthy relationship. You know, I feel like the relationship that I am is probably that I'm in is probably not going anywhere. We're not going to get anywhere. She really doesn't care about me. And with all of that information, what he came up with was this. He said. There are two type of people in the world. There are givers and there are takers. And unfortunately, the givers always attract the takers. In your situation, Mr. Jones, I think that it's just best for you to be single for your life. And maybe you should just date. So let me get this straight. Because I just want to make sure I'm clear. So what you're telling me is. I don't need to be in a relationship ever, ever. And all I need to do is just date because I just keep attracting takers because I'm a giver. Yes, Mr. Jones, I know it doesn't make sense, but people like you that are very nice and gentle and loving will be taken advantage of. So that's why it makes it very hard and difficult for you to settle down with somebody. So let me just get this straight because I just want to make sure we're clear. 
So because I'm a giver and I attract takers, I just need to date and not be in a relationship. That's what I said, Mr. Jones. This session is going to be the last session that I'm coming to. That's exactly what I said in my head. Exactly what I said in my head. And I never went back to that guy. But I'm going to show you how the universe works in a minute. So after him, I looked up another um, therapist. I started going to that therapist. This time I'm like, you know what? Let me try something different. Maybe I should try um, seeing a female therapist rather than a male therapist. So I seen a female therapist. So I, I race and gender, um, I, I feel, plays a very, very big role, especially in transformation and you developing self. And the reason why I say that is for this reason here, because it was definitely two different approaches that was used when I was going to therapy. And I just want, I, I want to identify the two with both of you. So let me, let me just stop going off on the side and let me just finish the story. So I started um, seeing this, this, this other um, therapist, which she was a, 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 um, a older black lady and she had a more stronger approach with her therapy, but her, her approach made sense. So certain things that I would tell her and I would explain to her that would bother me and some of the thoughts that came into my head when I was by myself, I would tell her and she said, and she would say, okay, so now how do you stop it? That's what I'm here for. I'm here, I'm here to, like, what do you mean how do I stop it? I'm here, I'm paying you money so that way you could, you could tell me how I can stop it. And she made me feel very, very uncomfortable with her responses because it was just so raw and real. Like even when I was talking to her about relationship problems, she was like, well, why don't you just break up with her? I'm like, like, I'm here for options. Like, I don't, I don't want the option to be the end for everything. Like, you know, it was very, very, com so she made me feel very uncomfortable. And to make a long story short, um, I saw her, I want to say for about a good three months before stopping the sessions. And the only reason why I stopped the session is because I felt like she made me so better that I no longer needed it anymore. And that's where I went wrong. That's where I went wrong. It's because I should have continued the work that she was doing because therapy is just not you come in one day and it's just one set task. No, it's a process. It's a process to get you to where you're trying to get to. And I just thought that, okay, I did a few sessions. Um, now I'm starting to get used to her. She's very, very blunt, very raw. She gives it to me the way, um, so, you know, the, the, the information that I need just bluntly. And I don't need it no more. I'm fine. I'm cured. I was good for about two months after I left that lady. And during the time that I was with her, I didn't have those isolated incidents no more. Those feeling down and sad and depressed. I learned skills, coping skills and all that other stuff that she basically told me to research and, and learn and all that other stuff. And two months after I stopped seeing her was the first sad spell that hit me. And I guess because I wasn't used to it anymore, it hit me hard. Like I'm talking about hard. Like I woke up and when I woke up, it felt like somebody had a brick on top of my head. Like, that's just the way it felt. Like, for me to get out of bed was just so traumatic and just, I, I, it was just very hard. I couldn't, to pull back the blanket was hard. And I remember I got out of bed and my feet touched the floor, just touched the floor, and I just burst out crying. And I'm saying to myself, like, dude, you just seen this lady for, like, all of this time. She gave you the tools that you need. You've been researching how to, like, what's wrong with you? Like, the feeling was just uncontrollable. 
I've never felt a feeling like that where you just can't control your crying. And that's what I felt. That's the way my, my heart was just broken all the time for no reason. And then I tried to go see her again. Unfortunately, now she was booked with patients. So she sent me over to somebody else. And the the, the relationship just wasn't the same. I, 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 the new person, I went to them for, I want to say, probably about a good three weeks or so. But it just, it, it, the relationship just didn't feel the same. So I stopped going. And the day that I had enough and it was the last straw for me was when I had went out to a party with my friends and the love at the party was just so amazing. I get there, the DJ's playing, he sees me come in, he shouts me out over the the, 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 the microphone, yo, DJ's in the house, whoop, whoop, you know, and I'm like feeling myself. I'm feeling, I got my sunglasses on, my hoodie, like I'm a celebrity, people going to start running over there to me to get, to get my autograph and stuff like that. I was really feeling myself. And I had the best time of my life that night. I met so many awesome people. It was just amazing. Like, just so much fun. And then I went home. And in my head, I knew what was coming, but I didn't allow it. So I took my butt right to bed. And here was the thing. When I went to bed, all myself did was lay right next to me. Because in my dreams now, now in my dreams, I'm dreaming of things that's upsetting. And when I wake up, that brick and thunderstorm is right over top of my head. And right then and there, I said to myself, the only way this is going to stop is if I'm going to do something to make it stop. That was the first time that I ever thought about harming myself. That was the first time that I felt, even even now as a father, that I just didn't want to be here no more. And it's a sad, eerie feeling. Like, even right now, like, thinking about that moment is affecting me emotionally. Because it was a, a it was a feeling I really felt alone. I really felt like even the people that I kept around me just didn't know what I was going through. And that pissed me off because I felt like they should know. I shouldn't have to say nothing. You should just know. And I went into the kitchen and I opened up the knife drawer and I picked up a knife I couldn't do it I said to myself that um, the pain has to end another way. 
Like how, like my son, even my son on the, I, I grew up without a father. I never met my father ever. And I'm going to turn around and do the same thing to my son that my father did to me, but just in a different way. I said to myself that I need to do more than just counseling. And the only way that I was going to get better is if I started to be authentic. If I started to show the real me. If I started to just be the real me. If I started to speak about how I was feeling with my inner circle. But most importantly, it had to start with me. And I really had to sit down and do an evaluation on my life. To really understand and see where I felt like I went wrong. And that's what I did. I sat down and I looked at all aspects of my life. I looked at the things that I did not like. I looked at the things that I liked. I looked at the things that I semi-liked. I looked at the things that I loved. I looked at things that, and people that I had in my life that I said, hey, you know what? They don't need to be there. I did something called a SWOT analysis on my life. And SWOT is your strength, your weaknesses, opportunity, and threats. So I looked at all of my strengths. I looked at all of my weaknesses. I looked for the opportunities that I already had around me. And then I looked at the things in my life that was a threat to my life that shouldn't be there. It was a very hard discovery. It was a very hard discovery. But in the road to recovery, you have to make choices in your life. And um, one of the biggest choices when you are in the road to recovery and you are on that road to trying to become a better you is to start with yourself. Um, Most times people think that they have to start changing the things that's going on around them or changing their environment. It, it, it starts with you, with inside. The facade that you're putting on on the outside needs to match what you're feeling on the inside. So when I talk a little bit about the SWOT analysis of your life, this would be the time right now to pause the podcast, run and get a pen and paper so you can write this down. With the SWOT analysis of your life, if you're really somebody that's on a journey or on a path or at a point in your life where you want to make change and you want to be a better you, take the time right now, get a pen and paper, pad, write it down. And here's the instructions on what I want you to do. I want you to draw a big box, a big box in the middle of that paper. And in the middle of that box, I want you to draw an X, like a big long X. So you should have four, four boxes, four boxes inside of that big box. In the first box, you're going to put the word S, small S in the corner of that small box. In the second small box, small, same thing, you're going to put W. The next box, corner, 
left-hand corner, right-hand corner, whatever you feel comfortable with, you're going to put O. The next box, you're going to put the word, you're going to put the letter T. So all together, it should come up to SWAT. And what you're going to do is that S stands for strength. You're going to put dots and you're going to list all of your strengths. Then you're going to move over to the W. And you're going to list all of your weaknesses. Then you're going to move over to the O. And O stands for opportunity. And you're going to write down, you're going to jot down all of the opportunities that you have right now in life. Meaning, you're going to look at your circle. You're going to look at the people around you. You're going to look at your job. You're going to look at the money you're bringing in. You're going to look at the bank that you use. And you're going to look at all of these things. And you're going to determine what opportunities you already have. Not that you're going to create, but what you already have to make yourself better. So that means if, you, if you're if you at your job and you don't like the job, um, but there's an opportunity for promotion, that needs to be put in there for you to be able to be promoted to a position that you're going to actually like. And the last is the threats, the most important one. Because when you get to the threats, this is when the change has to happen and a lot of hard changes have to happen. So if you listen to segment two with Mr. Sherman Brown, the interview that I did with Sherman Brown, he talked about having people in your life that's in line with what it is that you're trying to do. And T is going to be the example of what he was talking about in that episode. So T is threats. What are the things that you have in your life surrounding you that is a threat? Meaning that it's not in line with what your purpose is. It's not in line with what it is that you're trying to do. Give you an example. If you're in a relationship with somebody that's not supportive, maybe that can be a threat. If you're in an abusive relationship, that can be a threat. If you have friends that don't support you, that can be a threat. If you have friends that do similar things to what you do, but y'all are just in different paths. So meaning like I want to do speaking, so I'm not going to hang out with a professional chess player. You know, we have two different things. This person wants to be a professional chess player. I want to be a speaker. So that can be a threat because if I have somebody that, that's around me that wants to be a professional chess player and I'm trying to be a speaker, how will I elevate myself? I would have to be around other speakers. So that's what I mean about threats. And when you come up with all of that stuff, you really get, because one thing that we tend to do people is we tend to write things down and never look at it again. This is something that you got to go back to that you got to read over and over and over again. I suggest when you write it down, take a picture and put it on your screensaver. And that's the SWOT analysis of your life. You're just in, in the SWOT analysis is used in organizations, organizations around the world use this. But we're the CEOs of our own life. And this is the reason why it's important for us to do something like the SWOT analysis on our life. Now, here's the big thing. You're going to identify a lot of things. And it might not just take you one day, an hour, two minutes to do this. It might take you a little bit of time because you really, really need to think about it when you're filling that, that, um, that graph out that I told you guys to draw. But there's going to be some hard decisions that you guys are going to have to make. You may have to change your circle. You may have to bring people into your life that can actually help you move on to the next level. You may have to surround yourself around people that want to do the things that you want to do. And it might cause issues. It might cause friction between people that you've known for a very long time. But I can guarantee you this. When you make it, whoever's around is who's supposed to be. Because it's going to be a hard road. It's going to be a tough journey. But guess what? You got the power to push through it. 
you got the power to get to where it is that you're trying to get to in life. There's no excuses when you're trying to live your dream. But you have to find your purpose and you have to find your why. My why is two reasons. One, because I want my son to grow up and and see the impact that his father had on the world. And my hope is that he'll be just as creative and, and, and eager to impact like I am. That's my why. And you have to find your why. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of Journey of the Mindset. I appreciate you for listening. Don't forget to rate the podcast. Share it with your friends. Tell your friends to share it with their friends. Share it with your parents, grandparents, everybody. This is the People's Podcast, Journey of the Mindset. Until next time, world family, keep your mind right. Positive vibes. Peace. What's going on, world family? It's your boy, Donald Jones. Hey, listen, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow me on all social media platforms at Donald Jones 143. Peace.